0: Everyone and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at our church. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Today we continue our series on the parables of Jesus, and we look at the parable of the prodigal son. I hope that this is uh, this is something you'll really enjoy. I, it's one of my favorite parables. I got to spend a, a lot of time in it. Of course, you're working on this uh, this sermon and just so many things. Each time I come to this, that just kind of pop out from. From different angles. There in Luke 15, you have the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, which are very simple. Then you have the parable of the prodigal son, which kind of hits out three different ways. And so uh, again, I hope this is a blessing to you. And, and we just want to thank you for listening. Hope you come see us sometime. Have a great week. Kerry, uh, as you go, and so man, it has is, it is just been an absolute treat and a blessing to be here with uh, a great singing. So Thank you for being here, thank you for your presence. thank you for, for singing out uh, as we worship God together. Uh, today again we continue in our, our series on the parables of Jesus. Uh, again, we'll be uh, be in this series through about the end of the year and uh, I hope it's been a blessing to you. Uh, it was a blessing to me to get to to sit and to, to listen to someone else last week and Jordan did a, a fantastic job and uh, it, the only thing that went wrong, was Logan was sick, and so the one Sunday where we could sit together as a family, we couldn't sit together as a family because my family was at home sick. But uh, uh, what a wonderful, uh, wonderful job Jordan did. And uh, like I told you, I've been excited about this series, and and I think a lot of blessing to come. Uh, Today we talk about a very familiar um, parable in the parable of the prodigal son. So our reading this morning is going to be from Luke 15. Verses 11 through 32. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He came near the house. He heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded, with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Very familiar parable to us. As we think about this, there are two scriptures that you need to uh, have come to mind when you're trying to figure out why this even comes about. And The first one is at the very first of this chapter, Luke 15 uh, verse 1. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. You see the problem. Do you hear the echoes from Jordan's sermon last week? There's an issue here because Jesus is hanging out with these sinners. If you've got a Bible with you this morning, you've got a footnote that points you back to Matthew chapter nine, verses 10 through 12. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Can you see the ongoing problem, the ongoing attitude that Jesus is having to speak up against? Um, And and of course, he uses these parables when he launches into Luke right after, uh, right in Uh, chapter 15, I remember this chapter, this is the way I remember it in my head, as the lost chapter. Because right after Jesus says these things, or after he hears the Pharisees talking about them, he launches not only into one parable, but into three. And so Jesus has to talk about uh, the lost sheep and the lost coin, and then he goes into the lost son, and he uses a parable to do it. And remember, as we've talked through this series, a parable is just a, a simple story that helps you remember. That helps get the point across. And again, we remember stories. We might not remember all the facts, but we remember stories. Stories kind of connect to our emotions. They help us kind of, you know, sometimes we're, we're hard to empathize with a situation, and that story might kind of make that connection for us. Before Katie and I ever visited down here into, of course, we were at Lakewood over uh, over there when we first uh, interviewed what I did was, I got online, I got on YouTube, and I looked up Mont Bellevue, Texas. You ought to do that sometime and just see if somebody was wanting to see what Mont Bellevue looks like, you know, what you could find. What I found, uh, one of the things I found was a video of a guy just kind of going around. Um, and, and, and one of the things he did was he was stopping outside of plants and videoing or taking pictures or something. Well, and some security or somebody came out to ask him what he was doing, and you've probably seen these kind of guys where they just do stuff, and it seems like they just do stuff to rile people up, but he's, but somebody comes, and I think even a police officer comes to talk to him, and of course, I'm, you know, this is, I'm finding out about my possible new town here, right, you know, and so a police officer comes up, talks to him, and the guy is just, you know, hey. This is public property, I'm standing on the street, I'm not trespassing, you know, all things that are true. And you think about how do you get across to someone like that why somebody would be coming and asking you what you're doing? And that's what Jesus is, is kind of doing with these parables. He's He's trying to help you understand what is going on. And so as I think about that, I'm thinking about how would I tell this guy that what he's doing is kind of weird? And so I might tell him a parable. I might tell him, imagine a man sitting at his home watching the cars go by. And we're in the south, so he's waving, right? (laughs) Don't know him, hadn't seen that vehicle. But we're waving. No issues, right? Now, what if cars start going by slowly? What are you doing? Now, what if the car stops? And a man gets out and starts videoing your house. Y- y- are you feeling that right now? I want you to picture your house and somebody doing that to you. You feel that connection now. I'm good. I'm waving at everybody. I don't know them because they're, everything's normal. But you slow down. I'm kind of, what are you doing? Are my kids outside? If you stop and get out and start videoing, we got to talk, right? I don't care if you're in a public street. We've got to figure out what's wrong. And so you might use a parable to try and, again, convey a message to someone like this. And that's exactly what Jesus does. He starts off by, by telling this, this story as they're griping about him eating with sinners, being around sinners and tax collectors. He, he starts talking about how many of you do not celebrate if you lost a sheep. The sheep is gone and you thought it lost, but you find it. Will you celebrate when that comes back. How many of you, having lost a coin, once you find it, don't celebrate with each other? And those are both very simple parables, but then he launches into the parable of the lost son, and what you saw this morning is more complex than the other two, because in the first, what you have is a son who is, he is not happy, is he? Something has upset him, and I know none of you parents with teenagers have ever experienced anything like this. But sometimes kids get mad at their parents. This kid got so mad, however old he was, you know, uh, it's just a parable, however old he was, but he goes to his father and he demands, you give me my inheritance now. Who? The the kid in that moment, the son in that moment is basically saying to the father, You might as well be dead to me. Let's just go ahead and cut this up. I'll take mine and go on. And notice that the father just does it. Okay. But again, the kid does this, the son does this, and he goes off kind of with this mindset of the grass must be greener on the other side, right? I'm definitely going to have a better life after this. And he goes off and he says, he squandered his wealth on wild living, whatever that looked like. Uh, the older son tells you later that he squandered it with prostitutes. Maybe that's, maybe that's the case. But he goes off and he squanders it, and all of a sudden, there's something way out of his control. A famine comes up, and he has nothing. And it says in this moment that he even yearned to eat the pods he was feeding the pig. Now, because we're not Jewish, a lot of times we might miss the impact of Jesus throwing in the pigs here. Everybody get that? This was unclean. This was rock bottom. You want to see rock bottom? This was this guy hitting it. Not only did he have to feed the pigs, he didn't have as much food as the pigs. And in that moment of hitting rock bottom, he thought to himself, all of a sudden, living at home wasn't that bad. Now some of you parents are thinking that no, you need to skip on you you know go on go on about your business go solo fly a little bird. But in this moment, I think it's a moment we've all had once we've got out of, out of the we've left the nest, and I think we've talked about that. You get out and you start paying bills, you think, man, it wasn't that bad. I think I'll go back. But in that moment, he hits rock bottom. And he thinks, man, even my even my dad's servant had food even to spare. All of a sudden, dad's house is looking pretty nice. But you see in this moment, not only a hitting rock bottom, but I'm going to repent. I'm going to tell my father that I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Just make me as a servant because he knows how well even the servants have it. Now, why didn't he know that before? Isn't that interesting? Of course, the rest of the story is he goes back and his dad stops him mid-sentence. He apologizes. He has repented of what he has done, and his dad's like, "No, that's enough." Hugging him, bring the fattened calf. It says even the father ran to meet him, and that's that's another one of those things that kind of we miss because we don't understand the cultural uh, ramification. That was that was basically the father kind of showing almost a humiliation that I'm going to run, I'm going to uh, be humiliated by my son because I care and love, for, love my son. And so as long as I can be reconciled to my son, I don't even care. And that's the picture of the father that we get here. You see what Jesus is doing, that your, your father is waiting. And, and notice that he throws that in there. The son doesn't get to the door and knock, and everybody has to go find the father. It says, while well, he was far off the father saw him. Now, what does that tell you? Probably the same thing that if one of your kids did the same thing, you would be waiting. You would be watching, just hoping for that day when that spot down the street, all of a sudden you see their car again. I'm ready. And this picture of of the father that Jesus gives us is, is one that, man, I need in my life. That, that I feel like, yeah, I have walked away from the Father at times. And I'm so thankful and grateful that the picture of God that Jesus gives us here is one of just come back. Notice he doesn't grill them. Notice he doesn't say, now how'd you spend my money? And we'll see if I accept you back. Notice he doesn't, he doesn't ask him about all the things he did. He doesn't, he doesn't grill him and say, Hey, all of these things. Because of this repentant heart, the father is just, I am glad you are back. Again, he was lost, but now is found. But then you have the older son. And it's not the same picture, is it? It's not the same picture of I'm running to my brother and I'm hugging my brother and and I'm so thankful my brother's home. He's got more of a grudge, doesn't he? He, in this moment, has become maybe even bitter and angry. You see what he did there? He is so angry, not that it, that his brother is back and they have killed the fattened calf, that he refuses to go eat with the father and his brother. I want you to catch that. Because do you remember what the Pharisees were upset about? Jesus is eating with these people. They're not going to do it right. Now what's the older son doing? I'm not going in there. I'm not going to go eat. I'm not going to associate myself because eating a meal with someone was basically shaking hands and saying, "Hey, I approve of you as a person. Like we can we can associate together." It was a it was a big thing. And so what the the older son is doing is like, no, I'm not a part of this. But in this moment, his anger, his bitterness gets the best of him, and not only does he separate himself from his brother, but also who? The father, who is throwing this meal. The father comes out and, and tries to plead with his son, and again, uh, the son says, I have been here, and I want you to notice the word he uses. He said, I have been here slaving for you. You think he wasn't a little hot, as Jesus tells this parable? I have been here all along slaving for you. Now, sometimes kids, teenagers, it feels like that. Don't get me wrong. I've been here, I've done all my chores. Yeah, it was the sixth time you told me, but I did them. <laughs> but the older son says, I have been here slaving for you, and you have never given me a calf to eat with my friends. You notice the comparison. We've got a, a saying in our society, <laughs> comparison is, is the thief of joy. That is exactly what has happened here. As Jesus tells this parable, you have an older son who looks at his brother and goes, man, he has gone off the track, and now we're celebrating him? What have you done for me? Again, it's the, it's the same kind of comparison to the grass is greater because I have been here, and I feels like I've been slaving for you, and I've got nothing. And the father says, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But in that moment, I think we all understand that, that he is no longer content. He hasn't become, he's, he's become so uh, kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, just so, so much in the situation that he's forgotten how good he has it as well. That here in this moment, He has been with the father, and he didn't even know how well he had it, just like his brother. What the the older son does here is he separates himself from both his brother and his father. And Jesus in this moment is showing you the reflection of the Pharisees, the religious people, the church people of the day who wagged their finger finger, or turned up their nose and and looked at Jesus and said, why in the world are you degrading yourself in this way? And Jesus is showing them that mirror. And if you're asking the question, who am I in this parable, Jesus is pointing it right at them. Laura told me not to point the mirror at her today, so. But my in-laws are over here, and so I've got a big decision to make in just a minute. (laughs) I don't see them as much, though. I don't know. I don't know what we do there. <laughs> but, but the father tells the son, the older son, he said, "Your brother." I want you to notice the older son does not say my brother. He says your son. This your son. You ever done that? You do that. We do that with our kids, kind of jokingly. If one of my kids messes up, that's your son, Katie. One of them does well, he can be my, you know. But that's that's the language he's using. He doesn't say, hey, uh, my brother, or even he talks to his father. He says, Your son has done this. And the father says, he tells a story and, and says, he was lost, but now is found. He he was dead, but he's alive now. We celebrate. And so this is the same thing. You celebrate, you come, and you you enjoy and celebrate together as someone who is lost is now found. Because if we celebrated every day, it wouldn't feel like a celebration. How many of you have a, a really good Thanksgiving every year? Like too much food. Like blessed, got too much food, but I love it, right? How many of you... Want that meal every single day? You would for about three days, and then you say, uh, "Can I have something else?" Right? Because if if all we did was celebrate every day, which is apparently what the older son wants, is I've missed out on the celebration. For me, said, so, but you were you weren't lost. You were with me all along if we celebrated every day, it wouldn't be a celebration. It would be normal, right? Thanksgiving dinner is good because you don't have it that often. It's a special time. But again, if I have it, I don't know, five, seven days in a row, I'm looking for something else. That Bucky's brisket is sounding good. (laughs) And so what we see here is we see a, 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 a younger son who has uh, defame the family, he's left, he's ruined his life, but he has that moment of repentance and he comes back. Jesus paints the picture in the moment of a father who not, he does not hold that against the son, but welcomes him back with open arms, a hug, a kiss, the ring, the celebration, because he wants you to know that that's how your heavenly father sees you, that when you repent, he's there waiting, That's why we ask every week. We offer an invitation every week to to make that relationship right because God is waiting, and often what he sees from us is this. Still not ready. I've got other things to do. This seems like more fun. Maybe it is we haven't hit rock bottom. But then sometimes we are the older brother, aren't we? Sometimes we're the older brother that I can't let all the the things that you have done go. Go. Yeah, you've come back to God, but you hadn't made it right with me yet. And notice the older brother in this moment kind of takes the place of the father. Like, I know better than you. Don't you understand? And he tells him, remember, he tells him all the things his his brother has done. This, your son, not my brother, has done all of these things, and he puts himself in the place of the father. And how many times do we do that? How many times do we try to sit in the judgment seat and decide who's in and who's out, though they have repented and come back? I remember in my church growing up, we had conversations about uh, deathbed baptisms, deathbed salvations, and we were we were really intent about finding out whether those people were saved. Anybody have those conversations before? I don't, I don't have any problem with the conversation, but often our attitude doesn't mirror the father, it mirrors the older son. But don't you know that they didn't work as long as I did with it? God, I have been slaving my whole life. I haven't walked away. And here, you're going to let them in here at the end? What kind of attitude is that? I think it's very intentional that Jesus tells this parable, and you see The older son is now separated not only from his brother but also from his father because that's what we do when we stand in judgment of other people. Because if we've talked about before, I'm thankful that the only person who judges me is God, who knows everything about me. That the only person standing in judgment of you is your father in heaven, not me and what I think or somebody else and what they think. But God, a God who loves and who stands there uh, allows us to humiliate him to say we love him and live a different way. But then when we want to come back he doesn't hold it against us but standing there open arms. ready to love us, welcome back welcome us back in not as a lower status, but as a part of the family. And so this morning we look again at the mirror, Laura said she hadn't seen herself yet, so there you go. We look at the mirror as we look at these parables, and we say, where am I in this story? Not where are they, or who are they, but where am I? Now, what this story does not teach is that we're okay with everyone's sin, and that uh, we give a stamp of approval on the prodigal son as he goes out and spends his wealth on wild living. That's not what it's about, is it? What it is about is about a a son who, after he has done these terrible things, realizes in his heart that he's messed up. That man, I had it good with my father. And he repents of that. And when we repent, it says he is faithful. He is faithful to forgive. Some of you need to know that this morning. James 1, through 25 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Don't just listen. You can deceive yourself. You can, you can lie to yourself in this way. He says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I've forgotten who I am. I've forgotten my stats. It says, but whoever looks intently, everybody say intently. Intently. Whoever looks intently looks (laughs) looks into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be what? If you do the hard work, you got to look. Often what we get is uh, if someone were to tell us that we have taken the wrong road, what we get is defensiveness, right? Not me, it's you. You're the one with the problem. The hard work is to look into the mirror and be honest with yourself. To say, you know what, I am the older brother right now. I have not forgiven so and so either because of what they have done to me or the way that I've seen them live their life, and, yeah, they think they can come back and be part of this church. But has God forgiven them? Now, if they're still living in that way, that's a different different subject, right? We're not approving that. But when people repent and God forgives them, they're part of the church. And praise God for that, because if we don't have that attitude, we are separating ourselves from the Father. We do not have the love of God in us if we revel at someone else's faith, thinking they're lost. And so this morning, I'm just going to ask you a question. How's your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is there something getting in the way of your walk with Jesus? Have you even begun that? Are you, are you standing here thinking, you know what, I'll... You know, when I hit 25, boy, well, we have some weird things, don't we? Pick out a year in our, our life. You know, when I hit 20, but when I hit 40, why not today? Why not today experience the love and the grace and the mercy of God? Start that walk with Him. Be baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, saying, I pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ. And that's how I'm going to live my life. So if there's anything coming between you and God this morning, we'd love to pray with you, love to encourage you along in that walk. We'd love to see people who are walking the wrong path turn back to God this morning. Wouldn't that be a wonderful day? If you have any needs, we're going to offer a song of invitation. Uh, Would you come as we stand and sing?